Thanks, Tanji. Ah, oh, thank you. You're too kind. It's really nice to be here. It's really nice to be seen. This is so. I asked Jinjin Shiba, "Do you mind if this is an extra, an extra one?" Yeah. So it's nice. Um, it's nice when people believe in you, isn't it? It's nice. Um, there's something really precious about when people um, believe in you. Um, most of us here um, are aware that this time a year ago was a really difficult time. Um, it was a really difficult time for us as a church, and um, praise God we, we've come through that. And, um, but one of the things that um, Judith and I were really, really grateful, because of course a year ago Judith and I were part of this community, um, and we were here every week. And um, one of the things that we're extremely grateful for that meant so much to us at the time, I don't know if you remember, we had a meeting here, and I think everyone was kind of sat on this half of the room, and it was after the, the really difficult whole church meeting at King's House, and, uh, and we were just sharing and talking, and people were asking questions, and um, you were amazing. As a congregation, you were amazing, and it meant so much to me and Judith. Um, and at a difficult time, at a vulnerable time, to have people believe in us and express um, trust and just support was, was amazing and meant a, a lot to us. Um, and we talked a lot to, to others in the church and leaders around us just how amazing the Swinton community um, had been. And um, we really believe in you. We really believe in you as a community. There is something really precious. There's not many of us today. Um, but that's almost part of Swinton's story because through thick and thin, since more than 10 years ago when Russ and Irene um, and a small group of other people were planted out from King's Church as New Life Church and then later became part of King's Church again as we developed the, the multi-community model, um, but, you know, the, the community has is, is, is stuck together, and I think that is a really strong part of who this community of God's people is, is that sense of community, the, the WhatsApp messages that, that, that fly around, and um, which we, we dip into every so often, uh, and see just, you know, talking about the word of God together, talking, caring for one another, it's such a strong aspect, and people who come into, you know, this community and visiting and comment again and again it's you know there's something really amazing and of course we want to see more we want to see growth we want to see local people impacted with the gospel and added to the church um, and we keep going because we believe in something that that God has put of his favor upon this community we believe in you um, and the main focus of John um, Chapter 7 seems to be the struggle of whether or not to believe in Jesus. And actually this has been a recurring theme, hasn't it, so far in John. What does it mean to believe 
in him. I don't know if you remember um, from, from last week's chapter, chapter 6 and verse 29, we were told um, by Jesus that the work of God is to believe in the one that he has sent. And of course, when Jesus calls people to believe in him, he's not talking about believing that he exists because he's saying it to people. I mean, I know for us, you're like, we have to believe that this stuff we're reading is real. We have to believe that it actually happened. But, but there stood right in front of him. So he's clearly not saying, believe that I exist as a human being, because he's saying it to someone that he stood right in front of. So he's asking for something more, isn't he? When he says, and, and he's saying, it's actually work to believe in me. It's work. It, you have to keep believing. You have to, it has to make a difference. Actually, your belief in him means that your life looks different as a result of that belief. And you have to hold on to your confidence in him and who he is. So we're going to read um, the first 18 verses of John chapter 7 about what it means um, or this, this struggle, if you like, um, of whether people will believe in Jesus or not. So John chapter 7. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. Which strikes me, by the way, as a great reason not to want to go somewhere um, if people are trying to kill you. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore, Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I'm not going up to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. And after he said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now, at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, where is he? And among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he's a good man. And others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go to the temple courts and begin to teach. And the Jews there were amazed. And they asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? And Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth and there is nothing false about him. The festival of tabernacles was one of three big moments in the Jewish year when people would flock to Jerusalem. The other two festivals were Passover and Pentecost. So this was one of the biggies and it was like this big grand occasion and anyone who's 
anyone needs to be there because it's like it's so significant in the religious um, calendar. And part of its significance for the Jewish people was its association with the hope of the Messiah. So it was, it was really kind of, it would have triggered off thoughts of that for people at the time. It was this, we're celebrating this hope. Of course, the, the, the tabernacles, the booths, it, it refers to the kind of the tents, the temporary shelters that people lived in when God delivered them um, out of their slavery in Egypt and brought them out. And, and it speaks to them of how God is going to rescue his people again and he's going to deliver them. And so there's this hope. And it's, of course, by this time become associated with the idea that God's going to deliver us from the Romans, he's going to rescue us from Roman oppression, and, and so there's this, if you're going to be this great heroic leader of any kind in Jerusalem, in, in the, amongst the Jewish people, then you need to be at Jerusalem for the festival of tabernacles, because you need to kind of, you need to be there. So Jesus' brothers, they're like, you should definitely be there, Jesus. Come on, you've started. We can, see, we can see you want to make a name for yourself. You started doing these miracles and you started doing these amazing works. So their minds are like whirring and they're like, come on then, you need to be at Jerusalem. You don't want to miss um, this festival. If you want to get yourself known, then you really need to be there. It's like we've got coming up the Pioneer Annual Leaders Conference um, in Southampton in March. It was in Manchester. We do it alternate years. And like, you know, if you want to be, if I want to make progress in my ministry, I, I shouldn't miss the Pioneer Annual Leaders Conference. Because if I want to get myself known in the network, if I want to build my profile, if I want to build my reputation, then I need to be seen. I need to try and get myself on the stage. I need to try and make, you know, work those connections do a bit of networking um, because if you want to make progress you've got to be there, you've got to be seen, right? Well, maybe not. But there's this idea if you want to grow your ministry then you need to get yourself known. You need to show yourself to the world. You need to, you need to get your demo track out there. You need, to, you need to publish what you've written. You need to launch a blog. You need to be on Facebook putting the perfect life, or actually Facebook's for old people like me. Um, you need to be on Snapchat or, or whatever it is, TikTok or, you know, no, even Instagram's old now, I think. <laughs> So, but you need to be out there. You need to be building your profile. You need to be building your reputation. You can go on courses on how to get yourself out there and how to get yourself um, known. Now, we here may or may not have kind of harbored desires to be Christian celebrities. Um, they certainly exist. Christian celebrities, um, you know, YouTube channels, and you know, we know who the big names are, and and who who has these profiles, and but whether or not you want to be a celebrity, we do sometimes find ourselves, if we're honest, longing to be great at what we do in the church. And possibly sometimes, even if it's mixed with really good motives, sometimes we start to become aware of some slightly unhealthy motives in our hearts as well. Sometimes we start to become aware that what people think of us maybe matters a little bit more than it really ought to. 
whether people are impressed with what we've done, whether people are saying, wow, you're great, you're a great leader, or you're a great you know, musician, or you're a great, um, I don't know, gardener. Um, you're, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever service you're performing, you're an amazing youth worker, you're a great kids ministry leader, but sometimes we, the kind of the praises, the, the respect, the, the, the honor that other people give us can start to become maybe a little bit too important to us. But you see, John explains in verse 5 that because Jesus' brothers think that trying to gain favor and approval is important to Jesus, because they think that's important to Jesus, they actually don't really believe in who he really is. He says, John explains, the reason they said that was because they didn't believe in him. So it's actually not understanding who Jesus really is. It's not because, you know, we talk about, oh, I really believe in you. Oh, it was great. I really felt like you believed in me. And it's like, yeah, we're for you. We think you're great. But actually, Jesus says, no, to believe in me isn't to think I'm great at all. It's not about me. You don't really believe in me if you think I'm just about building my own reputation. If you rely on your reputation, if you rely on what people have to say about you, you're going to end up disappointed. Notice this in verses 12 and 13. It says, among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he's a good man. He's great. He's fantastic. We love Jesus. He's awesome. He's amazing. And that would make you feel really good, wouldn't it? That would make you feel great. People are always going around. It's spreading around the church. I did a great job. I was fantastic. I was awesome. People loved me. And then suddenly we realized but that other people are also whispering, no, he's a deceiver. And the thing is, you can't rely on what people are whispering about you. You cannot rely on what people are saying about you. Because as many as are saying, we think they're great, we think they're awesome, we're... there'll be other people who are saying, we think they're terrible. And we certainly have experienced that. You know, that there are people who are your biggest fans, and... but you suddenly start to realize that actually that's probably just as unreliable as the stuff that you didn't want to be, that you don't need to be listening to on the other side as well. That actually both the praises and the condemnation of people is fickle. Yeah? That I'm not talking about trusted friends. I'm not talking about leaders or, 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 or just mature friends in the church who we trust what they have to say to us. And of course, we need to listen to the input from others. Otherwise, we'll just be like, you know, arrogant people that go through life saying, I'm not listening to anybody else. Or I'm not talking about that. But, you know, those whispers... Those just like the, those throwaway comments from the crowd, those, those judgments from people who don't really know or haven't really seen. or We can't rely on those things, either the praises or the judgments. The people who would, who would shout, Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna, here comes the king. And then the next minute, crucify him. We can't rely on those things, on what the crowd has to say about us. And yet, if we're not careful, it becomes so important to us. 
And celebrities often describe, and I saw a comment on, on your WhatsApp group this week about um, obviously Caroline Flack um, recently, but celebrities often describe the terrible mental health struggle that they face when reading what is said about them in the media because it becomes so important to have these positive things. But we all know that the media can be praising someone one minute, saying they're awesome and they're amazing and the greatest superstar ever, and it just takes one tiny little thing and they can turn. And suddenly they're the most terrible person in the world. And if we start to rely on the praises of others, if we start to become dependent on what other people have to say about us, about our reputation and our popularity, we're in trouble. Because we can't rely on the opinions of the crowds. So Jesus says this in verses 16 to 18. My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth, and there is nothing false about him. So there are two lessons really for us to learn here. Firstly, we should be suspicious of anyone seeking their own glory as the implication is that they are not a person of truth yeah if someone's seeking if we if we see that the motive in any situation now now this is not to this this is not to be kind of like really harsh and judgmental about other people because actually we're all susceptible to this but if we start to become aware that actually the motivation behind this situation is actually seeking, they're seeking their own glory, then that should be ringing alarm bells for us. This is actually more about them. This is actually more about their ministry. The, the title, by the way, How to Grow Your Ministry, was ironic. Um, you know, it, this has become about them and, and their ministry. This has become about their advancement. This is, and, and again, this is so often very subtle because it's often mixed motives rather than... It, it, it's not often that someone's out and out trying to do the wrong thing, but it, it's subtle. And it's one of the ways that we become tempted to start to care about our reputation, to start to care about our ministry. And the second thing... The second lesson that we need to learn here is that therefore when it comes to us, not only should we be suspicious when someone else is seeking their own glory, but actually we have to look at ourselves and remember that we are called to make Jesus famous and not to build a reputation for ourselves. And sometimes, if we're honest, we do seek reputation. Sometimes we are concerned about our reputation Sometimes we seek reputation in the church, yeah? Sometimes we want people to think well of us in the church and we start to feel the pressure of wanting people to think well of us and, we, and that can lead to all kinds of challenges in how we feel about ourselves. It can lead to all kinds of kind of behaviors and wanting to gain attention or wanting to um, not have any attention because we want to hide away and... 
But actually, in all kinds of ways, it can manifest itself that we're concerned about what people think of us. And we forget that it's all about Jesus. And we start to think it's about us. And Jesus starts to become the way that we get what we need for us. Jesus starts to become the way that we can have that reputation. Help me, Jesus. Help me to, to be this, to become this. To, and we forget that it was never about us and always entirely about him. Or sometimes we seek reputation in the world. So sometimes we start to become fearful of our reputation in the world and we forget that it's all about Jesus. And so we don't talk about Jesus because we're worried what people will think of us. We start to maybe keep quiet when we know, we've all been there, I'm sure, you know, when someone says, oh, you know, I've got a really bad back at the moment. And it's like, I could pray for them. I could pray for them. I could offer to pray for them. But what will people think of me? And will they think I'm just pushing my faith on them? And, and I stop in those moments and I think, Richard, what is wrong with you? So what if they think that you're trying to share your faith with them? You are trying to share your faith with them. But it's kind of like, I don't know, the heart starts beating and we, because we get scared of what people will think of us. We get scared and it boils down to reputation. It boils down to what will people think of me? We become more fearful of man than we are of God. And the fear of man is a really powerful thing. And it's all linked in with this thing about reputation. And you see, when Jesus says someone's seeking their own glory, we can think, oh, I would never do that. But actually, if we start to take a moment to be really honest with ourselves, either directly or indirectly, we can all be guilty of that. We can all be guilty of being more worried about what other people think about us than what they think about Jesus. And it starts to become about us more than it is about him. Let's look at John chapter 7 verse 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. It's interesting because, again, we're using this word glory or glorified, and yet here, Jesus being glorified refers to him going to the cross, to his death, to his resurrection, and to his ascension into heaven. So, of course, yes, Jesus does end up glorified in the sense of he ascends into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, but the way to get there is through crucifixion through death, through obedience to his father who sent him into the world. And Jesus has been saying, you need to understand, I'm not seeking my glory, but I'm seeking the glory of the one who sent me. 
I'm not seeking my own reputation. I'm seeking the reputation of the one who sent me. I'm entirely focused on that. You've not understood me at all. My brothers haven't understood me. If they think I'm about getting glory for myself, they haven't really believed in who I am because who I am, my identity is I am sent from my Father in heaven. This is who I am. And so everything I'm about is about him. Everything I'm about is about you knowing him. So that if you believe in me, if you put your trust in me, you're putting your trust in him. And you're being reconciled in relationship to him because you're believing in me. And this is John's gospel again and again and again. John is saying, believe in me, trust in me. I'm here to show you the Father. I'm here to show you how you can have life in God. I'm here to show you how you can be reconciled into what you were made for. This amazing, wonderful, eternal life. This kingdom life that begins here and now. So Jesus says, if you really believe in me, if you really believe in me, then rivers of living water will flow, literally it says from your belly, because in their culture, um, the belly was like the seat of the emotions, of the core of your being, much like we would use heart now to talk about, you know, with all of my heart. So it's rivers of living water will flow from you. Now, he says here, doesn't he, he says, as the scripture has said. And he doesn't quote the verse, but the closest we can really find in terms of Old Testament scripture that fits what Jesus must be quoting here is from Ezekiel chapter 47, where there is a river that flows from the throne of God. And in that vision that Ezekiel has in Ezekiel 47, this, this river, which of course is picked up, by the way, in Revelation chapter 22, where it speaks of this river that flows from the throne of God. Now this river, it flows out from the temple, from the presence of God, and it brings life wherever it goes. It brings transformation. There are trees that grow along the banks of the river, and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. And, and, and where this river goes, it's like what was dead comes to life. So believing in Jesus... We receive the Holy Spirit, and this is what real ministry looks like. Not building your reputation, not making a name for yourself, not being great at what you do and enjoying the favor of the people, but ministry in Jesus flows outwards. It flows away from me. It goes from my heart, and my heart is like emptying itself outwards towards people in the world and going out and bringing life where there is no life bringing transformation where, where it's dead, where it's dry, where it's dusty, where there's nothing living it's emptying itself outwards and isn't that what Jesus did? obsessed with the one who had sent him he became obedient and he emptied himself outwards and that his love flowed outward from him just as that blood and water flowed from his side. So his love flowed outward and it brought life for you and me. And so when we think about ministry, 
Everything about the gifting God has given us. Everything about the the gifts, natural, spiritual, whatever, that he's placed within you. All the ways in which he wants you to excel are all about flowing outwards and making him known. Because the one who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is the one in whom is the one who is a person of truth, a man or a woman of truth in whom there is no deceit. If we want to be people of truth, then we have to be entirely focused on seeking the glory of the one who sent us. And we have to be really honest with ourselves about the times when actually what people think of me probably does matter. Because I'll be honest with you, when we were going through everything a year ago, I really had to wrestle with, because I was so conscious of what people were saying about me. And actually, whether it's intense like that or whether it's more subtle, we all go through times like that, where we worry, what do people think? But we need to come to God and we need to ask him to help us, help us to grow as disciples of Jesus, who say, God... I want to become more and more like Jesus. And just as he was not concerned with what people thought of him, but entirely concerned with what people thought of you, let me be like that with him. Because Jesus said that he sent you and me into the world just as the Father sent him. So let me be entirely concerned with what do people think of you, Jesus. If you want to grow your ministry, then remember that ministry is service. Remember that the word ministry, that there aren't two different words in the Bible. Even our English translations are naughty because they use service in some places and ministry in others when it's exactly the same word in the Greek. There is no different word. Ministry is service. Ministry is a river flowing outward, energized and empowered by the life of God's spirit that is in us, bringing life and transformation. Ministry does not seek to build my reputation. Ministry is not concerned with what people think of me. Ministry is entirely devoted to people knowing him seeing something more of him, seeing something more of his character, of his glory, of his beauty, of his majesty. Service to God and service to the one, the people that he sends us to. It's all about making Jesus famous. It's all about making Jesus famous. But even Jesus himself is not after the kind of fame that celebrities get so hung up with and so vulnerable in their mental health and everything else because it's so crippling to be obsessed with that kind of fame. But Jesus unashamedly says, I just want you to know me so that you can know the Father. Holy Spirit, we pray you'd come. And just as we've been crying out 
and telling you how much our soul longs for you. We say, Lord, come and fill us afresh. Fill us afresh with your spirit. Holy Spirit, come and anoint us. Strengthen us and empower us. And Lord, let your goodness and your glory and your character, your holiness and your power overflow in us this week. And in the coming weeks, let the anointing upon our lives grow and grow and grow. We want to see people healed and we want to see people set free from challenging situations. We want to pray for them and see breakthrough. We want to demonstrate your power and your glory. Lord, we want to serve one another in the church. Lord, we want to make you famous. But Lord, help us. Help us to guard our hearts that we would not seek our own glory. That we would not get trapped in these crippling thoughts of what people might be saying about us or thinking about us. That we would not be concerned with our reputation, but that we would find our security in you, and therefore we would be free. Free from the fear of man, free from the opinions of others, to live our lives for your glory. That, Lord, rivers of living water would truly flow from our lives. That they would flow outward, and that they would bring transformation in Swinton and beyond. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.